Hola and welcome to Catholic View. Thank you so much for joining me this Wednesday evening. I'm Sheila Pires. Coming up in today's feature, we'll be talking about World Intellectual Property Day, observed annually on this the 26th of April. But first, as usual, we begin with some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church and in Africa today. So do stay with me. This is Archbishop Buti Tlachale of the Catholic Diocese of Johannesburg. You are listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. And in your headlines this Wednesday evening, we take a look at the first ever Papal TED Talk. We also look at Pope Francis' general weekly audience homily and putting a smile on the face of war-torn Sudan. Good evening once again. I'm Sheila Pirish. At this morning's general audience, Pope Francis continued his catechesis on hope, again reflecting on the resurrection of Jesus in the Easter season. Vatican Radio's Chris Alteri reports. Focusing specifically on the final words of comfort and consolation, the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew records our Lord as speaking to the disciples immediately before ascending into heaven and taking his place at the right hand of the Father. I am with you all days, even to the consummation of the world, began Pope Francis in his main catechesis, quoting the very last words of Matthew's Gospel. These last words of the Gospel of Matthew, he went on to say, recall the prophetic proclamation we find at its beginning. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then, departing from his prepared text, Pope Francis said, God will be with us every day until the end of the world. Tutto il Vangelo è racchiuso tra queste due citazioni. Returning to his prepared remarks, the Holy Father explained Jesus will walk with us every day until the end of the world. The whole gospel is encapsulated in these two quotations, words that convey the mystery of God whose name, whose identity is being with. He is not an isolated God. He is God with us, especially with us, that is, with the human creature. Again, departing from his prepared text, Pope Francis said, The closeness of God, the love of God, the journey of God with us, is also called the providence of God. He provides for our lives. L'amore di Dio, il camminare di Dio con noi, si chiama anche la provvidenza di Dio. In a final major departure from his prepared text, Pope Francis reflected on a suggestive nautical image, that of the anchor. La fede nostra è l'ancora in cielo. The anchor, said Pope Francis, is the instrument that navigators throw on the beach. And then they grab onto the anchor line to pull the ship to shore. Our faith is the anchor we have in heaven. We have our lives anchored in heaven. 
What must we do? Grab hold of the line. It's always there. And let us go forward, for we are certain our life has something like an anchor in heaven, on that shore to which we'll come one day. Pope Francis has broken new ground in the way he communicates his message when the first ever Papal TED Talk went online. TED is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading ideas in the form of short talks. What began in 1984 as a conference covering technology, entertainment and design today provides talks from a wide range of different speakers, except popes. Until today, of course, Vatican Radio's Sean Patrick Lovett was there. Those of us following Ted's annual conference in Vancouver had been promised a surprise world figure who would deliver his 18-minute message on the conference theme, "The Future You," alongside tennis superstar Serena Williams, entrepreneur Elon Musk, and chess champion Garry Kasparov. But no one expected to see the Pope's face appear on the screen. I very much like this title, "The Future You," began Pope Francis, because while looking at tomorrow, it invites us to open a dialogue today to look at the future through a you. The future is made of yous because life flows through our relations with others. Speaking in his typically personal and informal style, the Pope reminded us of how everything is connected and of how life is about interactions. None of us is an autonomous and independent I," he said. "We can only build the future by standing together, including everyone." The Pope's second message regarded educating people to a true solidarity in order to overcome the culture of waste that puts products at the center of techno-economic systems instead of people. The other has a face," he said. "The you is a person to take care of." The Pope illustrated his point by quoting Mother Teresa and the parable of the Good Samaritan, before going on to talk about hope, which he described as a humble, hidden seed of life that, with time, will develop into a huge tree. A single individual is enough for hope to exist, he said, and that individual can be you. Pope Francis' third and final message was dedicated to what he called the revolution of tenderness. Tenderness means being on the same level as the other. He said, "It's not weakness, but strength. The path of solidarity, of humility, and through humility, even power becomes a service and a force for good." The Pope concluded by affirming that the future of humankind is not in the hands of politicians or big companies, but most of all, in the hands of those people who recognize the other in a you, and themselves as part of an us, because we all need each other. At an April 25th press briefing, presidential spokesman Greg Berker said that security will be tight when Pope Francis travels to Egypt on April 28. Greg said security considerations are now an important part of planning for any papal trip that will live in a world where it is now something that is part of life. Pope Francis will travel in a normal car while he is in Egypt, and will arrive in a golf cart to celebrate Mass in an outdoor stadium on April 29. The Pope, along with the Coptic Orthodox Pope Tawadros II, will visit the Church of Saint Peter's and Paul in Cairo, the site of a December 2016 bombing that killed 24 people. Meanwhile, Coptic Catholic Patriarch of Alexandria, His Beatitude Ibrahim Isaac Sidrak, says all people of Egypt are happy to receive Pope Francis. Yes, I can say welcome to、uh, the Holy Father, 
in Egypt, from all the Egyptians in Egypt. And we are glad to receive him. We thank him to have accepted the invitation of the President uh, Sisi, the invitation of the Catholic Church in Egypt, and all the responsible, uh, the Holy Pope uh, Orthodox, and uh, the Imam, uh, Dr. Ahmad Tayyib. We are glad to receive him. It will be a benediction for Egypt, for the church in Egypt, and uh, it will be also a very big courage for us to continue our progress in Egypt uh, in uh, any domain of the life. And uh, even after the terroristic attacks, uh, we continue to pray and to, to be in Egypt and to work with our friends and our brothers and sisters, the Muslim people in Egypt. In more African news, the Southern African region is witnessing an increase of cases of people living with albinism being targeted by albino hunters for their body parts. According to Samanata Munodawafa, Program Officer for the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, UNODC, based in Pretoria, South Africa, issues of albino hunters on the prowl in the region are being classified as human trafficking, and the organization is working with its other partners to conduct investigations and prosecute offenders. Samanata said the organization is witnessing cases of albinos being targeted for organ extractions in Malawi, Mozambique and Tanzania, where it is believed their body parts make one wealthy using occult methods. Syndicates have emerged known as albino hunters who systematically target this group. The UN Children's Fund, UNICEF and partners are conducting an emergency vaccination campaign in Somalia to protect children against measles. Just Linson Bitter reports from UN News. The viral respiratory infection is highly contagious, spreading through the air and via contact with infected saliva. The disease also thrives in congested unsanitary displacement camps which have mushroomed across Baidoa town and surrounding areas. Close to 300,000 young children, many displaced by the searing drought, will receive single shots in the upper arm or thigh. UN spokesperson Stéphane Dujaric has more. Many of the children being immunized from remote areas have been displaced by the drought. This year, almost 5,700 cases of suspected measles have been reported across the country, more than the total of cases for 2016. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization's representative in Somalia is conducting a review of the cholera situation and outbreak response in Baidoa with Somalia's Minister of Health and Social Services. Since January 2017, more than 18,000 cases and 317 deaths have been reported in southwestern Somalia. That's more than 60% of all cholera cases reported in the country since the start of the outbreak. And finally, South Sudan has not had much to laugh about over the last three and a half years of brutal conflict. But the UN mission, UN Miss, has been making an effort to put some smiles back on the faces of people in the war-torn country. The Comedy for Peace event in the capital, Juba, brought together hundreds of people to be entertained by the young nation's best comedian. Here is UN News' Daniel Dixon. 
People don't get to laugh often in South Sudan these days, but on Sunday at the Nyakuron Cultural Center, it was different. This is Zico. Of course, the jokes I'm telling is uh, about our communities in, in South Sudan here. How can you find any jokes in that material? We just see our uh, societies, then we automatically, the jokes comes and we just crack it. Can you give me an example of one of your jokes about the communities here? There's another area called Lologo. You know those guys, they have toilets, but the toilet has no dog. Then if you are inside the toilet, if you had any voice just crossing, you need to, to let that person that there is someone inside there. You either make, <coughs> or you sing, or you just do your leg like this. Then the person, the, the person will know that there is someone inside the toilet. The cultural centre was packed with young people at the Comedy for Peace event. The idea in this country deeply divided along ethnic and political lines is for people to come together and laugh and in so doing forget their differences and hopefully eventually live in peaceful coexistence. But does this approach work? A question I put to some of the audience. It's a very good idea. By doing such a project, can really show some kind of peace in this country. Yeah, it makes difference a lot because we feel happy, feel that we have a peace in South Sudan. If we continue with the comedy and the music in South Sudan, we feel that we will go higher and higher, we'll feel in next level in South Sudan. It brings people together and people forget what pass and they love. I think comedy can do a lot. The project can be extended to countrywide. The event was put on by the UN mission in South Sudan, UNMISS. Part of its mandate is to support the peace process here. Ruben Enaju is one of the organizers. I hope that when they leave here today, they leave with the message which we are trying to spread, and that is the message of inclusivity, the message of unity, the fact that the things that unite South Sudan is larger than whatever divides them. So my message is clear. End the war, let peace reign, and give the children of South Sudan the opportunity to explore their talent to the fullest. The conflict in South Sudan is continuing. It's been three and a half years since Africa's newest nation was at peace, driving its citizens against each other. It's hoped the laughter at the cultural centre here in Juba will go some way to healing those rifts. This is Daniel Dickinson at the Nyakaron Cultural Centre in Juba. And that was a look at some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church and in Africa today. Thank you once again for joining me this Wednesday evening. I'm Sheila Pirsch and you're listening to Catholic View on Radio Veritas. Remember that you can also listen to us online by visiting the Radio Veritas page. It's www.radioveritas.co.za. Coming up next, we'll be taking a look at World Intellectual Property Day, observed annually on the 26th of April. South African singer, songwriter, vocalist and advocate Steve Kekana has written on intellectual property from the perspective of a songwriter. I began our interview by asking Steve Kekana to define the term intellectual property. We also spoke about other pressing issues concerning South Africa. Intellectual property, Sheila, means that somebody 
is capable through using the intellect is capable of creating something new and with innovativeness and that something will belong to him for as long as the other person who uses it that intellectual property must be for the benefit of the intellectual property owner either for profit or for gain i know i just said a lot of things in one thing it's a difficult thing to understand but intellectual property cannot it it it, it can only be owned by a person with a sound mind unfortunately if if where 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 i go around uh, facilitating workshops about intellectual property <clears throat> i i tell people that you see some in an intellectual context there must be a message there must be innovativeness and that thing must be new so if i can give you an example of a song which says I am a bird I want a lot I will buy a car and park it on a tree The the, the melody is fine eh? but does it make sense <laughs> a, a bird can never win a lotto <laughs> and a bird can never buy a car and park it in a tree you see so that song yeah is not a song mm. it is it cannot be an intellectual property yeah. you see it, it, it must be something which makes sense for you to to have an intellectual property unfortunately it is this part of property that is not given good respect by even our government mm. I, i always lament the fact that uh, parliament through their wisdom found it possible to promulgate an act which says is land redistribution act mm. but they cannot find it in their heart to promulgate an act which talks about intellectual redistribution of intellectual property act i mean here in south africa the industrialization of music started in 1920 where when gallo started yeah. and everybody who recorded had to assign their songs to gallo publishers they came EMI they also said if you are recording through EMI you need to assign your 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 your, your compositions through EMI publisher which is not correct the the, the in, in the intellectual property there are nine elements i can only talk about two now the musical works and the literary works musical works is the notation and the literary works is the words those two elements of copyright must always belong to the intellectual property owner things like sound recordings publications and all that i don't care they can stay, they can vest in the in the in the record company or the publishing company but those literary works and musical works must always vest 
in the interest of the copyright owner or the intellectual property owner. It's still a long way, but uh, I want to believe one day will come right. Mm. Uh, copyright and intellectual property will be respected and will be restored to their rightful owners. It, it is a pity that it took too long, more than 21 years, for the government to think about this uh, very important property. You know, property does not necessarily mean land. Mm. It means everything that is owned by anybody. But now, how does one benefit from uh, intellectual property protection coming from the music scene? One benefits out of... Uh, societies like SAMRO, the Southern African Music Rights Organization, when music is is being played mm. in the radio, more especially in the SABC, there are cue sheets that needs to be filled mm. so that for every song that it is being played, there is a certain amount. It's, it's like it's a one rand uh, uh, a song. Mm. It depends how long how long they played it. Uh, then it goes to that person. So the, the cue sheets are being transmitted to SEMRO, and SEMRO will then bill the SABC uh, that uh, uh, you need to pay this money, this much, this much. But now they are playing it very cleverly. <clears throat> what they do is the SABC, for example, they say, we're going to give you, SEMRO, we're going to give you, uh, let's say, one million rand. And then we will give you the cue sheets of the music that we played. And then you share the one million rand according to the cue sheets that we've sent you and distribute the money to the musicians. That's how one quick way of benefiting it. Hmm. And somehow, if you go to the theaters and stadiums, there are sheets that you need to play, to pay, uh, to fill, so that you must pay for the songs that uh, you sigh, you, you, you played. Even if I go there and play my song, mm. I still have to pay to Samro that, oh. <laughs> that uh, 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 performance <laughs> fee money. My goodness. So that it should be again be distributed to me. My goodness. And you know, when you speak about this, it brings to mind the, the ongoing saga about local artists wanting a platform, wanting a place to showcase their talents, to hear their music being played on the different radio stations, which we saw happening when we had the whole 90% of local music. What's your take on that? You see, 90% local, to me, it's not a matter that people should be worried about. What people should be worried about is the cue sheets that the radio stations do not actually fill in and submit to SAMRO. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can play 100%. If you are not submitting the cue sheets, then you are not giving the money to the rightful owners of the money. I wonder if you understand what I'm saying. I understand perfectly. And, we have and, the and same I'm, sheets here as well, and we are <coughs> always told, we always, you know, we have our managers on us all the time. Have you filled in the sheets? Have mm. you filled in the cue sheets? You yeah, know? That, that's so, because yeah, we, we do understand quite for, for more than For more than seven years, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the SABC. The SABC has not been paying music rights to Samro for more than seven years, and we're talking about 400 million rent. Wow. And then when we die pauper, yeah. 
they, they are the first ones to make noise. He died a pauper. Forgetting that he died a pauper because he, they kept our money. Mm. <laughs> you see? But how can we not die a pauper when people just decide not to transfer what is rightfully ours to us? Wow. So the whole issue of intellectual property, especially when it comes to musicians, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done. And I think, as you've been mentioning, it comes all the way from those SAMRO lists that radio stations need to be filling in those uh, SAMRO lists. And, and submitting, submitting it to SAMRO. Filling it and throwing them into the dustbin is not helpful. Not help. yeah. They can play 50-50, but if they fulfill and fill the sheets, yeah. musicians wouldn't be dying poor. Mm. So the, the issue of 90%, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a very small little thing. I, I don't care. Yeah. But actually, why should I not be played 90% in my own country? Why, why should I be a visitor in my own backyard? It is fine that we play 90%, but the only problem is Mr. Mutsuening did not consult with the musicians. He just decided to wake up and say we play 90. It's good, <laughs> but play 90 and fill the cue sheets, then we will applaud. When people talk about the whole issue of decolonization of education, how do you feel about this? How can we go about doing this? Because we're talking about decolonizing education right from the start. My, my, my take on that is <clears throat> it's, very, it's all well and good talking about decolonizing of the education. Um, if you want to decolonize the education, you must start from the beginning. Let's have our writers writing in indigenous languages. You see, <clears throat> Ngungi Watiyonga, Nigerian writer. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that they, there was a move to start translating the English books that he wrote into Nigerian languages. Mm -hmm. Which is good, because what is the use of writing... Uh, uh, things fall apart in English and it will only be read by people who go to university True. Uh, the, the people who are in grade one they are not going to get a chance of reading in that I, I'm, I'm saying it's all well and good to say decolonizing decolonization of uh, education I'm saying then it is a big challenge to writers and academics to start translating whatever subject is taught into indigenous languages. That's the fastest way of decolonizing education. Indeed, education must be decolonization. I like Professor Mpachele, uh, Eski uh, Mpachele, uh, always wanted, liked saying, um, you must domestify this English. <laughs> you see, <laughs> don't don't come and slang. You know, hey man, what what are you doing, <laughs> man? It is fine to speak English if you are a pedi. You must say, come here. I wanted to talk to you. This is domestifying the English. You know, and we we begin to understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, quite interesting there what you've just said. But then again, um, like you said, uh, changing the the writing, indigenous writing, writing. In it will take a time. It will take a long time. It will take a long time. It will. But and it's better to start. 
Yeah. Than, 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 than saying, no, it's going to take a long time. It's better to start now. Yeah. If you check how Africans developed, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's, it's a three, over 300 years now, but when it started, it wasn't as it was. And it started somewhere. And it started somewhere. And also, I suppose the whole issue of telling African stories to our African kids, it's something else that needs to be more implemented, I suppose. Yes. I mean, uh, when we grew up, we were being told stories mm. by the fireside. That's right. And I don't care who says what, it, it made us clever because we realized that uh, even if they were telling us that uh, the hare was cleverer than a lion, yeah. but if you translate it correctly, it shows that you don't need to be a big thing to succeed. Even a young, small person can make miracles and make great things in the world. Like now you see among Popeyes in, on television. It's like those stories that we're being told uh, by the firelight, mm-hmm. by, by the fireplace. So now if you are being told those stories in your language that you understand, it makes, it sticks, it sticks in your head. You know, uh, in, 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 I, I still remember a biblical passage which I was taught while I was doing sub A. When, when the angel came and found the head, the head, head, head boys, he said to them, I know it because they said it in Sutu. He said, Bonang, Seboyfe, Kilikisha Chataba, Ebutokwa, Etlunghobayase Chabakamuka. They taught me in spade. He said, Don't be afraid. I'm bringing unto you something that is going to be for the whole nation. Mm. You see? And that's good because spoken to you in your local language. Yes. I, I I want to get rid of it, but it can't. <laughs> I want to put something, something more in there, yeah. but it can't. It sticks in here. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's always great to talk to you. You know, I feel like one can ask any question and we can have conversations and conversations for hours and hours. We'll <laughs> never get tired. But thank you so much for coming through to Radio Veritas and sharing with us, sharing some light into what are your thoughts about some of the current issues that are taking place uh, in our country at the moment. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sheila. And thank you for your Veritas listeners. I love them. And I'd like to thank once again Steve Kekana for coming through to our studios and of course for shedding some light into World Intellectual Property Day. And that brings me out to time. You've been listening to Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Shayla Pirsch for Radio Veritas. I'll be back again tomorrow at the same time. Until then, God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Shayla Pirsch.